Welcome to the Group of Five Focus Podcast, where we take some time each week to highlight a few significant G5 matchups and showcase the power of the Group of Five. I'm your host, Brian Doppel. In this episode, I'll recap the action from week three, provide my G5 conference performance rankings, and look forward to week four, including a bunch of rivalry games and a potential upset. We'll get into it after the break. Okay, I'm going to do something new this week on the podcast um, and rank each conference's performance from five to one uh, based on their week three results. So let's go ahead and recap my number five performing conference in the group of five this week, which was the Sun Belt. The Sun Belt went two and nine uh, in play against outside conferences, um, and that does not include the one in-conference game of the week, which was App versus Troy, um, which is, of course, an historic game uh, following an exciting week after App beat number six Texas A&M down in College Station. College Game Day then came to Boone um, and and had a heck of a time. If you haven't had a chance to see some of the scenes from College Game Day, um, go check out, go to my Twitter at G5FPod and take a look at some of the photos and videos that I posted, but also uh, go to College Game Day's account. It looks like they posted a ton of really good stuff um, and really enjoyed their time in Boone. So great to see a G5 team getting some uh, excellent national attention, um, and it's also always great uh, to be a Mountaineer. Elsewhere in the Sun Belt, however, uh, things, things did not go so well. UL Monroe went to number two, Alabama and lost bad 63 to 7. Texas State had a similar fate at number 17 Baylor. Coastal Carolina had one of the only highlights of the Sun Belt this week, beating Buffalo at home 38 to 26 to remain uh, perfect at 3 and 0 on the season. South Alabama had a heck of a game at UCLA in the Rose Bowl. Um, it really looked like the Jaguars were going to win, um, but UCLA came back there at the end um, and The way UCLA uh, players were celebrating in the uh, locker room after that game, I think they know that they they got away with one there. South Alabama was definitely the better team on Saturday. Uh, Speaking of uh, Sunbelt teams going to Power 5 programs, uh, Old Dominion faced an in-state opponent at Virginia um, on the grounds there at UVA on Saturday. Um, and lost 16 to 14 in a difficult game as well. Uh, low score, scoring affair, um, but at least at least all of the furry mascot friends were able to attend. Georgia Southern lost at UAB last week, nullifying my upset prediction for last week. I'm not doing so great at those this uh, this season, but I guess that's why they're called upsets. Uh, Marshall went to Bowling Green um, and lost in overtime by three points um, against. Um, a, a Bowling Green team that they have a lot of history with from their Mac days. Um, but Bowling Green, who is seemingly the lesser opponent here, uh, was able to pull off a huge win against Marshall just a week after Marshall defeated Notre Dame in South Bend. Arkansas State lost to Memphis, and Georgia State hosted Charlotte, one of, unfortunately, one of the worst teams in the group of five this season so far. And Georgia State lost 42-41 to at home against the 49ers. Not to be outdone, the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana went to Houston to play Rice and lost 33-21 to on the road. So again, overall, uh, the Sun Belt really struggled this week. There there were some, some bright signs there, uh, but their performance warrants uh, 
me ranking them fifth out of the group of five conferences for this week. It's worth noting that Troy played an excellent game at App State um, and that confirms my suspicions that Troy might come out of the West in the Sun Belt this year. I think that they're a really strong team um, and we'll talk a little bit more about them in a few moments. Coming in at number four for my group of five conference uh, performance rankings is the Mountain West who finished at four and four this week, which doesn't include the Air Force versus Wyoming matchup on Friday evening, where Air Force went to Laramie and lost 17 to 14. Elsewhere in the Mountain West, uh, things broke even. Fresno State unfortunately lost at number seven USC. San Diego State lost at number 14 Utah. Colorado State went to Washington State and lost as well. And Nevada couldn't put up a single point at Iowa on Saturday. However, UNLV had an excellent game against North Texas at home. Um, UNLV uh, in a strange Mountain West year, uh, looks like uh, the Rebels are um, trying to make a name for themselves and maybe uh, make a play for the Mountain West this year. Boise State hosted UT Martin um, and, and got came away with the win there as well. New Mexico hosted UTEP and won 27-10, and Hawaii got their first win of the season, hosting Duquesne with a score of 24-14. My number three group of five conference for the week is Conference USA, who finished at 4-6 and six as a conference this week. Uh, some, some challenging games here as Louisiana Tech played at Clemson and lost 48-20, and UTSA went to in-state uh, Texas, number 21 Texas, and lost 41-20 to in a game that I really wished uh, UTSA would have been able to, to pull off an upset there um, against that big in-state uh, powerhouse at Texas. Western Kentucky looked like they had the win uh, sealed against Indiana, but the Hoosiers came back in the fourth quarter, sending the game to overtime, and the Tops lost uh, in overtime 33-30. to I mentioned North Texas losing at UNLV, as well as Georgia Southern uh, losing at UAB and Charlotte winning at Georgia State. Uh, but Middle Tennessee also hosted Tennessee State on Saturday and uh, and got a, got a huge win, 49-6, to um, which hopefully is a little morale boost there uh, for Middle Tennessee State who uh, have struggled a bit this season. I also mentioned Rice's uh, excellent win over University of Louisiana, the Cajuns who are struggling uh, a bit this year, and a couple of other Conference USA teams, UTEP and Florida Atlantic, losing their respective matchups, uh, UTEP at New Mexico and Florida Atlantic hosting UCF. The Golden Knights went down uh, and got the win 40-14 to over the Owls. My number three group of five conference for week three is the MAC. Uh, the MAC had a very interesting week. They went five and seven overall for week three, but they had some really promising performances. Um, Toledo went to uh, went to Ohio State and had a difficult time. They did score twenty one points on the Buckeyes, uh, but they allowed seventy seven. So uh, did not even get close to a win there, but a decent showing uh, from the Rockets. Uh, Akron went to number fifteen Tennessee and lost uh, in similar fashion sixty three to six as well. Western Michigan hosted number 23 Pittsburgh, and uh, unfortunately, the home field advantage wasn't enough for the Broncos. They lost 34 to 13. Um, but the Battle of the Bell was an interesting game, at least for a while before uh, until Cincinnati started to pull away. The Bearcats ultimately beat Miami of Ohio 38 to 17. 
Kent State got a nice big win over Long Island University, 63-10. to 10. Uh, Buffalo, who I was predicting would uh, keep things interesting, and, and that they did as they visited Coastal Carolina. Uh, they lost 26-38, to 38, as I mentioned before. Central Michigan uh, had a nice shutout win over Bucknell. Um, 41-0 to zero was the final score there. Ohio, the Bobcats, uh, went to Iowa State and lost 43-10 to 10, uh, in that game. Meanwhile, Ball State hosted Murray State and had a shutout there as well, 31-0. to zero. So a couple nice uh, Maction shutouts here uh, this week. Northern Illinois uh, lost by 10 to Vanderbilt. Um, and I know Vanderbilt, I've, I've not had a ton of nice things to say about Vanderbilt in the past, but they are an SEC team. So anytime you can lose by just 10 to an SEC team, uh, it's a pretty good showing uh, for your program. So Uh, Coach Hammock and the Huskies had a a decent game there against Vanderbilt. Again, Bowling Green with a huge upset over Marshall, a team that they are very familiar with and do not have very, uh, very happy thoughts about. So, uh, yeah, the Falcons and that had a nice win there on Saturday, um, but maybe the biggest win of the of the conference was Eastern Michigan as they traveled to Arizona State and got a win thirty to twenty one uh, on the road there in Arizona. So a huge win for the Eagles, um, and I believe it uh, another another Power Five coach was uh, relieved of his duties as a result of losing to a Group of Five team. Uh, so an unfortunate result for that coach, but uh, hopefully some of these power five programs will start to see that the group of five is not as far away talent wise as they think. My number one group of five conference performance for this week uh, is the American athletic conference. Uh, They went six and four on the week um, and had overall a very strong showing in week three. Uh, South Florida went to number 18 uh, Florida in Gainesville and only lost by three points. Um, It would have been an incredible upset if the Bulls were able to pull it off, but uh, they weren't able to get it done this week. Um, But I'll talk in a little bit uh, about whether or not they might be able to get it done this week. Again, Cincinnati got the win there in the Battle of the Bell. Temple hosted Rutgers uh, right across the river, right across the Delaware River there, um, and lost by two to a bad Rutgers team. They're they're not very good, but there are just so many uh, challenges at Temple right now. So uh, losing by two to a Power Five team ultimately is not is not the end of the world. What is uh, more challenging and perhaps uh, perplexing is Houston, as they hosted Kansas this weekend, lost 48 to 30 to the Jayhawks in what is one of the most confusing storylines of this football season so far, how Kansas is 3-0 and um, and Houston uh, appeared to really just not have an answer for the Jayhawks. Um, so Houston is now 1-2 and having dropped games at Texas Tech and versus Kansas. Their only win of the season right now was week one um, at UTSA where they won by two points. So we'll see if the Cougars can turn things around for the rest of the season here. That being said, Tulane got an excellent win at Kansas State this weekend, 17-10 to uh, behind Michael Pratt, passing for 176 yards. Uh, an excellent performance by the Green Wave. Um, we'll see if they can keep it rolling this week. East Carolina hosted um, an in-state uh, opponent in Campbell, the Campbell Fighting Camels, and won 49-10 this week, while Tulsa hosted Jacksonville State, a future Group of five program, uh, and they Tulsa won 54 to 17. 
Memphis has a really had a really nice win over Arkansas State, 44 to 32 at home. But unfortunately, SMU went to Maryland, and in a game where I really thought the Mustangs had a good chance to 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 beat the Terps, SMU lost uh, 34 to 27, an unfortunate game. But UCF got a nice win on the road at Florida Atlantic, as I mentioned as well. So all in all, I think the American had the strongest showing of the group of five conferences this week. Uh, but this could change. Um, this could change at any point. Uh, last week, I think we all would have put the Sun Belt at number one. They were the, the talk of the town, so to speak. Uh, so it could just be a matter of time until they get uh, back up there. All right, let's get to this week's matchups. In the American Athletic Conference, Temple hosts UMass in a game where they hope to get back on track, while Cincinnati hosts a Big Ten opponent in Indiana uh, there in Cincinnati. So that, that'll be a great game. That uh, Indiana-Cincinnati game is on, at 3.30, uh, and it'll be on ESPN2 on Saturday. Uh, Memphis has an interesting game as they host North Texas as well. That should be a good one, while UCF hosts Georgia Tech. Um, so Georgia Tech, not a very strong ACC team, uh, but we'll see uh, We'll see how the Golden Knights are able to hold up. While ECU hosts Navy, a team that has really struggled this year, um, we'll see. We'll see if Navy is able to do anything against the Pirates of ECU. Um, but I think that I think that ECU will probably take care of business there at home at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. Uh, that game's on Saturday at 6 p.m. In Conference USA, UTEP is hosting Boise State on Friday night at nine o'clock. You can watch that on uh, CBS Sports Network. That should be an interesting game between those two teams out west. Middle Tennessee State goes down to Miami on Saturday. We'll see how the Blue Raiders are able to do against a a ranked Hurricane team down there in Miami on Saturday. Uh, Florida International goes to Western Kentucky. Uh, We'll see um, how those two teams face off against each other in a a conference matchup that uh, might end up having some uh, Conference USA implications uh, down the road. We'll see how things go this year. Louisiana Tech is traveling to South Alabama this week, uh, so things might get heated there in Mobile. Um, That game is at 7 o'clock, and you can watch it on ESPN+. While Charlotte and Florida Atlantic um, have Power 5 matchups, Charlotte travels to South Carolina to take on the Gamecocks, and the Owls of Florida Atlantic go to Purdue to take on the Boilermakers. There's some good action going on this week as well. Um, On Saturday at noon, Kent State is going to Georgia to see if they can pull off an incredible upset. We'll be thinking about your golden flashes. Uh, The Central Michigan Chippewas are going to number 14 Penn State uh, over there in Happy Valley to see if they can pull off an upset as well. Bowling Green heads down to SEC country to take on Mississippi State, but in the MAC, Buffalo is going to Eastern Michigan in a game that I think will be very interesting. Um, I, I'm picking Eastern Michigan here, but I think Buffalo um, might be feeling confident uh, after some of their performance against Coastal Carolina. They made some questionable decisions down the line that uh, might have cost them the game, but I think they might be learning as they're going here, so they might have something to show Eastern Michigan, but EMU coming off that uh, that huge win at Arizona State. I think that they're uh, they're riding high right now, and I think that they've got the upper hand in that game. 
Some very interesting Mountain West uh, matchups as well this week. Nevada and Air Force are playing on uh, Friday evening, as well as Boise State, who I mentioned earlier, host uh, going to UTEP. Um, there are two MAC schools that are visiting Mountain West schools this week. Toledo goes to San Diego State in their first ever matchup, um, and Western Michigan goes to San Jose State um, in what I think is likely their first matchup as well. Um Elsewhere in the Mountain West, Colorado State hopes to get a nice win at home versus Sacramento State. Uh, We have an uh, in-conference matchup between UNLV and Utah State. Utah State, who I was very high on to begin the season, um, has underperformed, and UNLV has has, um, really shattered a lot of expectations. So we'll see how that conference matchup goes. Um, elsewhere, Hawaii goes to New Mexico State, a future G5 program, um, between two programs who are struggling right now. Um, it'll be interesting to see the outcome of that game. Will, will there be a ton of offense and a lack of defense or, uh, vice versa? Um, we never really know what, what sort of outcome with either of these teams. So it's really, uh, really a true wild card of a game. It'll be interesting to see, um, and lastly, Wyoming is going to number 19 BYU um, to see what they can do there. That's a late game on Saturday, 10:15 kickoff on ESPN2. And a few uh, interesting Sunbelt matchups as well this week on Thursday, a game that just got bumped as I'm recording this Monday evening. Um, Coastal Carolina at Georgia State at 7.30 p.m. on ESPN2 on Thursday. Um, so be sure to, to tune in for that. Coastal, again, who's 3-0. and Georgia State is 0-3, um, an inexplicable 0-3. And some might say an inexplicable 3-0 for Coastal. Um, it'll be very interesting to see these two uh, Sunbelt East teams facing off there in Atlanta. Um, will there be a home field advantage? Uh, will the crowd turn out for that? Um, that remains to be seen. I know that uh, Georgia State's really trying to get folks in because tickets right now are as low as $3 for that game. So if you are in the Atlanta area and you're looking for something to do on Thursday, head out uh, to Center Park Stadium in Atlanta and go uh, go for go pull for the Panthers. Or if you're a, a Shantz fan, go ahead and, and pull for Coastal as well. But that should be a good one on Thursday. Georgia Southern is hosting Ball State on Saturday at 6 p.m. Um, between, uh, you know, a interesting uh sunbelt team in georgia southern we don't it's hard to tell what georgia southern is right now um but they're hosting a a ball state team that has a lot of unknowns as well so it should be an interesting mac sunbelt matchup there um old dominion is hosting arkansas state in a cross division uh sunbelt matchup there texas state's hoping to get things back on track um as they host houston baptist this week um, and another really interesting Sunbelt matchup that I'm looking forward to is Marshall at Troy this week at 7 o'clock. Um, that's the NFL Network game this week. Um, but Marshall at Troy, uh, Marshall who beat Notre Dame but lost to Bowling Green. Uh, Troy who's just coming off a heartbreaker of a loss at App State. Um, it'll be very interesting to see how these teams match up against each other. Uh, against each other two teams that are hoping to win their divisions um, and hopefully face off in the conference championship. So um, we'll see how this game goes. I'm uh, I'm right now after watching Troy play last week, I'm leaning Troy, but Marshall, I mean, they had a huge win just two weeks ago. So uh, they sh- they've shown that they can get it done. Um, it'll, this'll be a really, a really good one, I think. And of course, app state is hosting the JMU Dukes in Boone this weekend. Um, this is a, historic rivalry from the FCS days. 
Um, these two fan bases know each other well. There's a ton of mutual respect between these two fan bases. I know um, a lot of uh, JMU folks are going to be um, coming down to Boone uh, for this game. It's in reasonable driving distance, so I expect to see a lot of purple and gold around Boone this weekend. Really looking forward to seeing what this old rivalry looks like uh, here in the Sun Belt, and uh, as the, these two schools are both uh, schools that I've attended, there's a bit at stake personally for me as well. So really looking forward to seeing uh, if the Mountaineers are able to to turn around after a crazy Troy game and be able to focus on the Dukes. But I, I'm here to tell you that uh, JMU is not a typical FCS transition team uh, in the group of five. Uh, JMU is going to come hungry to Boone on Saturday. So I would not be surprised if they catch App um, sort of licking their wounds a little bit from a, a challenging Troy game last week and pull off the win. Um, it'll be a very interesting game, and uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, to see that play out at the Rock on Saturday. Got a few rivalry games this week. Uh, first is the Iron Skillet between SMU and Texas Christian. Uh, this uh, this game has been played since 1915. Um, so this is a, a huge uh, historic rivalry in the state of Texas. Um, and it has a lot of interesting implications as well because TCU's head coach, Sonny Dykes, uh, was just at SMU last year. Um, and so he uh, he was at SMU from 2018 to 2021. Um, and so making the switch over to TCU, over to the dark side, if you will, um, has been perplexing for, for many SMU fans. Um, he had an excellent career at SMU and, uh, you know, couldn't say no when TCU came knocking. So uh, an, unfortunate, an unfortunate loss for SMU, uh, but um, this rivalry um, has historically been an incredible one um again they've been playing since 1915 tcu has the slight edge uh 51 to 42 over smu and there's been seven ties overall um lately really since uh since like 1999 tcu has owned this rivalry smu has only won four times since 1999 however smu has won the last two matchups in this game of course sunny dykes was the coach of those games but um but smu does have the most recent advantage uh having won the last two of these of these games so uh should be a really good uh iron skillet game this year um we'll of course pull for pull for the mustangs and see how it goes on saturday another rivalry game being played this week is the battle for the bayou bucket and that's between houston and rice um this rivalry which has been played since 1971 um houston has a huge uh advantage here according to espn's fpi they're giving houston an 86 percent chance to win but houston coming off a devastating loss to kansas rice uh coming off a big win against louisiana uh but also uh, that doesn't uh, that there was there was a little bit of controversy um, around some of the actions of some players on, on Rice's team, so that might be causing a bit of a uh, of a distraction this week. 
But Rice coming into this game at two and one, Houston at one and two. These teams have played a gajillion times. Uh, the Cougars have the edge, thirty-two to eleven over Rice. Um, but this in inner Houston uh, matchup here, these these stadiums, I, I looked it up earlier. That they're they're like less than four miles from each other, so they're they are very familiar with each other uh, down down in Houston. Um, I think that I think that University of Houston has an advantage here. I just think uh, that they. Uh, especially recently, uh, Houston hasn't won, hasn't lost in this game since 2010. Um, they've won the last six games, the last six meetings between these teams. I think that Houston in general is a stronger team this year, but we've already seen that Rice uh, likes to, to upset. So we'll see how it goes um, in the Bayou Bucket, the battle for the Bayou Bucket between Houston and Rice this weekend. We've also got another battle for the bell this weekend. Uh, this one between Southern Miss and Tulane, uh, a rivalry that's been played since 1979, and they're playing for the bell. Uh, Tulane, um, it has the advantage coming into this game. Of course, they're, they are 3-0 and this season, the, the Green Wave. They've had wins versus UMass, Alcorn State, and of course last week at Kansas State over a Big, uh, big 12 opponent. So, uh, Tulane riding high, Southern Miss trying to get their feet under them as they're joining uh, the new the new Sun Belt here. Um, but Southern Miss uh, last week had a nice win versus Northwestern State, um, but had a tough loss at 15 Miami and versus Liberty in four overtimes to start the season. So Southern Miss um, stronger than a lot stronger than a lot of folks think, but not sure they're as strong as the fan base thinks they are. So. Um, that's no, that's no shade. I'm just saying, I think, uh, I think that Tulane has the advantage based on their performance so far this season, but I won't be surprised if Southern Miss pulls off this upset either. The last rivalry this week is the battle on the Bayou. This is for the wooden boot between University of Louisiana and Louisiana Monroe. Uh, These two teams have been playing since 1951. Um, and, the Cajuns have the have the advantage here. Third, only thirty-one and twenty-five. Though this is a little more evenly matched historically than I would have expected. Um, but of course, uh, for the really since two thousand eight, uh, Monroe has only won two times. So this is um, this is a a heated somewhat local rivalry in the state of Louisiana. Um, there's only so many G five teams in the state of Louisiana. So uh, UL and ULM have uh, have a lot of history here and they've got a great uh, game time here uh, kickoff is at 8 p.m eastern on saturday on espn plus uh, the cajuns have the advantage on espn's fpi as well with a 77.2 percent chance to win um, i'm leaning that way too i know that the cajuns aren't the cajuns that we're used to but i still think that they've got the edge over monroe um, but we'll see what the warhawks have to say about that because uh, the cajuns are coming off a pretty uh, devastating loss to uh, to rice last week All right, I put out on Twitter that I was recording tonight uh, and asked for any questions or topics. Uh, so I'll just really quickly go through some of these. Thanks to everyone that uh, that replied. I uh, appreciate the interactions as always. Um, and I'll get started with um, a question from GoHerd, please don't die. That's at GoHerd, please don't die on Twitter. Um, and they asked, does Eastern Kentucky have an edge over Notre Dame given the transitive property? So if those of you who are not familiar with the uh, mathematical concept of the transitive property um 
well, I can't explain it. I'm not, I'm not a math guy. Uh, but basically he's asking, or they are asking, um, because Eastern Kentucky beat Bowling Green in week two, Bowling Green just beat Marshall last week and Marshall beat Notre Dame in week two. They're asking in a theoretical world, if Eastern Kentucky were to face off against Notre Dame, uh, would they have the advantage? And I am not one to argue with math or science, mostly because I don't understand them. And so, uh, so, so to answer your question, uh, I'm going to say yes. Eastern Kentucky has the edge over Notre Dame. If they were to face off, uh, Eastern Kentucky would annihilate the Irish. It's not even a question, really. So I'll move on to the next question. Um, at SMU commenter, um, who I've had some nice interactions with. I appreciate that. Uh, they commented and said it's iron skillet week is the SMU TCU rivalry, the best G five P five rivalry in college football. That's an excellent question. Um, and I just discussed a little bit about the SMU TCU rivalry. Um, and I think that it's definitely got a claim to be the best G five P five rivalry, um, in college football. I would also throw out, um, the victory barrel rivalry between ECU and NC state. Um, I think that those, those two teams, well, I know those fan bases do not like each other. Um, and, and those are usually pretty good games, especially historically, they've been uh, pretty close. So I would put that one out there as well as the battle of the brothers between Utah state and Utah, which has been played since 1892, as well as the Rocky mountain showdown, um, for uh, the Rocky Mountain Showdown for the Centennial Cup that's been played since 1893 between Colorado State and Colorado. So um, I think that there are, there are a few G5, P5 matchups that could stake the claim as the best one, um, but I absolutely think SMU TCU's got to be up there. Um, this is going to be a, a feisty game uh, on Saturday. I'm really looking forward to it. Fun Belt Sports at uh, Sunbelt underscore sports. Uh, send me a question as well. Raging Cajuns. Well, I guess yeah, it's, a, it's a question. Raging Cajuns dot dot dot. Can we bounce back from this loss? Um, and I'm here to inject a little bit of encouragement into the the Raging Cajuns fan base here. Um, yes, a tough, inexplicable loss at Rice, but a nice win versus EMU at home and another nice win to start the season versus southeastern louisiana state uh so so i think that louisiana is is going to be okay um i think that they're going to rebound however if they're going to this is their chance because after ulm this week they're hosting south alabama at marshall versus arkansas state at usm versus troy versus georgia southern i mean the the sunbelt is just it's 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 so crazy <laughs> some of these schedules so i think ulm is their best chance to bounce back so that they can go and go to south alabama strong because south alabama is coming for the the sunbelt west so uh the cajuns are going to have to put up a stand against them and a win against marshall would do a a lot of help uh for for the cajuns as well so um i think i think they're going to bounce back but if they're going to i think this is their chance on a similar note, um, college fantasy football on IG at CFF on IG um, on this is on Twitter. Ask the question after the letdown versus Bowling Green, can Marshall bounce back to beat Troy? And if so, by more than App State, uh, that's a really interesting question. Uh, so this is another bounce back question, and um, and I think it's an interesting one to consider. Marshall and Troy, both teams that are not as far as I'm as far as I'm aware, were not favored. Um, 
statistically to win their uh, divisions this year, but who both fan bases have the expectations, both teams have the expectations that they're going to com- compete for the top of the Sun Belt this year. Um, so I think that I think Marshall has a really good opportunity to bounce back here versus Troy. My only concern is that um, Troy, yeah, they technically got the loss last week uh, against App State, but they really won every facet of the game except for that last play. Um, Troy Troy is a very good team coming out of the West, and so I think they might give Marshall a hard time. So can Marshall bounce back? Yes. Will they? That remains to be seen. At Tall Texan eighty nine uh, wrote in on Twitter. He said, "On a scale of microwave microwave hot pocket to surface of the sun, how hot is Jake Spavadol's seat right now?" Um, and uh, someone else at, at App State General commented, uh, "Those those two temperatures are the same, and that is true scientifically. That's that is accurate." Um, but uh, yeah, if we could just talk about Texas State right now, um, a team that has been struggling this season. Um, they're they're one and two. Their one win was hosting FIU, but they have pretty pretty bad losses at Nevada um, and at Baylor. Um, so so is Texas State underperforming? I'm not so sure. Um, they've they're hosting Houston Baptist this week, so this is a really good opportunity for the Bobcats to to get back on track there in San Marcos um, before they hit a really challenging slate at JMU versus App at Troy. Uh, the next three games after Houston Baptist, so um, I think I think that uh, this this week is Texas State's best chance of getting a win over the next month. Um, but honestly, I'm not sure how hot. Uh, Spavadol's seat is right now. I know his record is uh, not great. His head coaching record is 10 and 29. I just don't know. I just don't know that Texas State has another option that they could go to midseason uh, that could put them in a better position. Um, so how hot is his seat? Uh, I, w- I would say it's hot, but uh, I don't think any, I don't, I don't know that anything's going to happen mid season. I think that if any changes are going to be, uh, are going to take place there, it's probably going to be towards, uh, at the end of the season, um, depending on how things go down. And lastly, at JP Miller 1717 asked, is Georgia State the best 0 3 team in the country? Um, and I'll agree with, um, with at predictions who, uh, who, who just said flatly, yes. Um, I think they are. I think Georgia State is the best 0-3 team. It's it's hard to say that a team can be the best 0-3 team, but their losses at South Carolina and versus North Carolina and versus Charlotte inexplicably. I'm looking at the other options here. Uh, New Mexico State is 0-4. Colorado State 0-3. Uh, Colorado, the Buffaloes are 0-3. Buffalo, the Buffalo Bulls are 0-3. And Georgia State is 0-3. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think Georgia State's got to be the best of, of that group. Um, their, their losses have been close ones. They've been playing good teams. The Charlotte game, I cannot explain. Um, and also, for, for what it's worth, the fact that so few people are coming out to Georgia State games is just baffling to me. Um, I'm not interested in hearing that there are so many other things to do on a Saturday in Atlanta. Um, Atlanta is an enormous city. And so, uh, and I know that the Georgia state fans are out there. So it's just a matter of getting the fans to the stands to actually create um, a home field advantage. So hopefully uh, they'll be able to, to bounce back here. They got a, a good primetime game on ESPN two this week uh, hosting coastal. Um, and then they're at army 
versus in-state uh, rival, whether they like it or not, Georgia Southern, and Ad App versus ODU. I mean, man, the, uh, it's not it's not getting any easier for Georgia State. So hopefully, some of these games can just be flipped around, um, and they can figure out what it is that they need to do uh, to get on the win in the win column, uh, because that's where they belong. Each week, I also share a matchup that I'm putting on upset alert. This matchup always contains at least one team ranked in the top 25 by the AP or granted at least a 70% chance to win according to ESPN's Football Power Index. This week, the team that I predict will upset their opponent is the South Florida Bulls in their matchup against the Louisville Cardinals. This matchup is on Saturday at noon Eastern at Cardinal Stadium in Louisville, Kentucky, and you can watch it on ESPN3. ESPN's Football Power Index has Louisville with an 88.4% chance to win this game, but I think the Bulls are ready to pull off the upset. Here's why. Malik Cunningham. That's the name that everybody knows for the Louisville Cardinals. He is their passing and rushing leader on uh, for this season. If South Florida can find a way to contain Malik Cunningham, then they are in good shape. For this game, their quarterback, Jerry Bohannon, um, has passed for 500 yards um, and unfortunately has also thrown four interceptions and zero passing touchdowns. However, last week he, he ran for over 100 yards and a rushing touchdown versus the Florida Gators. So the answer here is at quarterback. If South Florida can contain Malik Cunningham and if Jerry Bohannon can find his way to the end zone, whether it is by air or by foot, then the, the Bulls are in good shape. Uh, they also have another uh, running back, Brian Batty, um, who is who has uh, 27 carries, 269 yards, and three touchdowns this season. Um, and their receivers are doing a great job. Uh, their leading wide receiver is Xavier Weaver, um, and he he has 20 receptions for 252 yards this season. The, the Bulls have the pieces. Um, it is just a matter of putting it together. They're coming into this game, both of these teams are, at 1-2. and two. Um, South Florida has a win versus Howard, but have lost to two ranked opponents, um, number 25 BYU and number 18 Florida. Um, this is... This is a team that, if given the right opportunity, um, I think that they can pull off this upset. Um, Louisville's losses are versus Florida State and Syracuse, um, and their only win is at UCF this year. So um, that's not a knock on UCF. UCF, a very strong program, but Louisville's only win is at UCF. That's, uh, I think that this is a really great opportunity for the Bulls uh, to, to pull off the upset here. If not straight up, then uh, to at least cover uh, cover the spread, uh, which is um, 13 and a half right now. So um, so I really think that South Florida's got a shot here. Um, on the defensive side, South Florida's only allowing 207 yards per game on the ground um, and 232 through the air, so, so a bit more through the air. But that's going to be key. Uh, Cunningham can throw the ball as well as run, although um, he's only got one touchdown to three interceptions this year. So if South Florida can apply the pressure, um, capitalize on any mistakes that Cunningham makes, um, try to contain him uh, rushing as well, I think that they can pull off this upset. It is really just a matter of whether or not they can do it.
if they can, I think it's going to be a very close game. Um, and I think that it's going to be a low scoring affair. I think their, their best chance to win is by keeping Cunningham out of the end zone. Um, and I think it's going to be close because I just don't know about South Florida's offense either. So I think it'll be close if they're able to pull off this win. Um, I'm thinking it's going to be something like 14 to 17 or 17 to 20, something like that. Um, I'll say, I'll say that my, my final pick for this game is South Florida 17 to 14 over Louisville. And that's my group of five upset alert of the week. Thanks for joining me this week on the Group of Five Focus podcast. How do you feel about my picks? Did I miss any historic rivalries? Do you have any suggestions for upcoming matchups that I should preview? Reach out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at G5FPod to join the conversation and let me know. And if you haven't already, please follow, rate, and review on your podcast platform of choice, and be sure to share it with your favorite Group of Five fans. That's all for this week on the Group of Five Focus podcast. Until next time, my question for you is, what is one thing you can do to showcase the power of the Group of Five? Five.